So, Evan, are you okay with the fact that you have shit taste in music? I'm okay with it. Um, yeah, mainly because, um, you know, relative relative depra- deprivation, right? Like, I'm in the room with you, so how bad could my music taste be? Wait, what? <laughs> Damn. Welcome back to Obscure Broadcasting's podcast, Small Brains, Big Picks. We are here with a audio-only starting five. My name is Andrew, and you are? I'm Evan. Uh, you have a lovely vote te- uh, sweatshirt on. Who uh, who provided you with your threads today? Uh, this is a shout-out to Alvarez Designs. Uh, want to make your design uh, image, your design vision come true? You want anything customized to your uh, perfect fashion, the image in your head? That's, that's where you're going. Alvarez Designs, Shout a Alvarez female Designs. owned business. Yeah, Latina owned Detroit business. Uh is that's uh who we need to support right now. Show them show them the money. And the love. Um so we have a interesting starting five. Today has ended the strangest baseball season maybe ever. Is the last day of the baseball season. And I have five random stats for you um based on this season. And uh some of them are gonna be close to home. Some of them will be far away from home. Some of them you might not even know have happened. Um, I kind of picked these at random, trying to split up between uh, base pitching and hitting. So my first step for you, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Devin Williams, do you know who that is? Yep. Uh, who is he? I, I'm uh, calling your bluff. He's a pitcher, right, for the Brewers? Yep, true, both true. He's a relief pitcher for the Brewers. He has pitched 27 innings this season. He has 53 strikeouts. Eight hits, nine walks, and a .33 ERA. Is he a Cy Young contender? No. Um, it's interesting, actually. That's an interesting thought because you'd think... Um, I'm not sure where the... I always wonder where the short season plays out on like who does it favor, who does it not, who does it disadvantage. Um, He's 4 So you'd one. think maybe in a short season a reliever can win it. It may be because of the incredible performances of some starters. Like I think there's clear candidates like Shane Bieber is the best pitcher in in baseball right now. Right. His stats on, in every category are, are unstoppable in the NL. It's a little bit more of a question, a competition between a couple of people, but, um, and of course he is in the NL, but I I mean, those stats are crazy. I, I would be super surprised. People don't like giving it to relievers in terms of Shane Bieber. Um, I am a believer. You're, you're a believer. I be- I'm a believer of be- of Shane Bieber. Yeah. Um, it's, I think it's a question of is he is he not the uh, the MVP also the AL. I think he's Cy Young for sure. Is he also AL MVP, which is a super interesting thing because you know we haven't really given out to pitchers. The last pitcher that went in the AL was Justin Verlander, um, and that was a starter. And I think that there's weight on impact on a season. So I wonder if it's such a short season if they'll give it to Shane Bieber. Can I tell you why I don't like that? Um, here's my thing. I feel like in general um, that there's an award for pitchers and there's an award for hitters, and Silver Slugger is not thought of on the same level as Cy Young, right? So I just feel well, like Cy they Young a, they, give a, they give a Silver Slugger to every position player. Right, though. so there is no equivalent for hitters of of the Cy Young except MVP. So I always feel weird about it when the pitcher gets Cy Young and MVP. Like he better clearly have like done some 
different stuff, which Shane Bieber did. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm sure they can find someone. DJ LeMay is hitting like two, three forty-eight. Um, yeah. Um, and then there's Jose Abreu's got almost sixty ribbies and twenty homers in a third of a season. Jose Iglesias for most of the season has hit like three, almost three eighty. So that's you know, and played good shortstop defense for a team with a losing record. But you know, whatever. See you, Isaiah. Um. Wow. So okay, we're just you're just you know. <laughs> You're interacting taking, on you're, multiple you're, formats. Yeah, you're taking you're taking you're taking phone calls. Okay, all right. Yeah, fine. Hi, hi there. Hello, telephone. Um, <laughs> I think that the thing about um, so you are, do you do you think there should be an award? Let's call it the Hank Aaron Award that is specifically only given to a batter. Yeah, I I mean, yes, or I could also like agree with it being as is. Um, I think a Hank Aaron award would be great, and then it would open up the conversation for giving MVP to a pitcher. But because it doesn't exist is the only reason I'm not really comfortable giving MVP to a pitcher unless it's, uh, you know, Pedro. Well, yeah, Pedro number one MVP. I know, but he probably should have a couple times. Yeah, probably. Um, Okay, well, moving on to my second topic. Uh, Notable freak show and space cadet Trevor Trevor Bauer is my guy. Uh, I knew you were talking about. <laughs> has has pitched uh, to a five and four record with a hundred Ks, a one point seven three ERA. Has worn controversial apparel, including a Kansas City, I believe, is a Kansas City Royals like World Championship t shirt underneath his Reds jersey. <laughs> uh, and he struck out a hundred people in seventy three innings. Um, he's also a guy that is due to be a free agent. Do you think? Given the nature of his eccentricities, if we're being polite, um, do you think that he gets a big contract for someone for like, because this is dominant numbers, you know, this is dominant. Stuff. Yes. Who, yes. And who do you think he goes to? I don't know enough about the intricacies of who's got big, uh, big money in their pockets right now and who has, uh, who has the needs, but he's, he'll be a competitive guy to get. Like he's a weirdo, but he, has he's only five and four because the Reds aren't that good. Like, well, they're a postseason team. I mean, we talked about this at the beginning of the season. Yeah, they have they have clinched a postseason berth, and they're around five hundred. Yeah, so I mean, expanded playoffs did them well. They're still not an excellent record team, which is why he's five and four again. His stats are incredible though, so he he's gonna get a big contract somewhere. He has to. He's he's a weird dude, but he's not a weird dude in ways that are too harmful to a franchise that it's going to hurt his contract. Like just cause you're weird. As long as he's not throwing up like, like as long as he's know. not throwing the ball over the center. Oh, white. Yeah. As long as he's not throwing the ball over the center field fence Whoops, or like did that wearing check. racial slurs across his t-shirt um, or on his eye black, like what's his name? You know, Escobar or whatever right. a few years ago. Yeah. Um, as long as he's not doing things that bring bad PR to the team in a really heavy, heavy, long lasting way. You got to pay the man when he's doing that. Even if he screams in a really weird, like tennis player way, every time he throws the ball, I think he has Mets written all over him. I know, ah. I know we love to shit on the Mets, but he's got the Mets. I mean, he word, oh, maybe the Marlins to Brandon Singh. I think that also he could totally go onto a team that is like has gotten into the playoffs, but played about 500 baseball, and they're looking for an ace to push them over the edge. So you think the Miami Marlins have not spent any money recently that they could pick him up, 
Or you think the Reds could bring him back thinking like he's our ace. Let's bring him back. Mm-hmm. The Phillies have deep pockets and they're they're in the hunt and they're right in there with it. I also could see the Padres making a play for him. The Padres have a lot of money actually committed to Hosmer, Machado, right. and Will Myers. Um, I could also see him going to like the Dodgers or the Angels. Right. I think I I can really see him. I mean, I can see it either way. And again, I don't feel like I have the financial expertise to really tell you with certainty. But I, I'd, I see him going to one of those teams that's already got a stacked pitching roster and being mm-hmm. like someone's third guy and just having a stupid rotation. Right. He could, If he's like the number two or three guy on the Dodgers, the Dodgers could, if we have a full season next year, could legitimately win 100 games. Yeah, like 100, oh, 120, 120 games. Yeah, yeah, you know? 100 games. They're going to win 100 games if half their team gets COVID. Right, right. Um, In the third wave. Yeah. <laughs> Scary thought. The third wave in Trump's third term. Uh, look for it. Coming to you. Jesus. 2025. Um, so here we go. Uh, next subject, number three. Uh, we got to talk about it. Before there was Small Brains Big Picks, there was our previous predecessor, which was called... Red Sox Mondays. Red Sox Mondays, where we talked Red Sox. At the time, it was at the end of the poppy tenure of the Red Sox. The Red Sox were good. This year, however, the Red Sox have been bad. They have had any guy that's out on recent parole looking for a job in Massachusetts Mm -hmm. uh, pitching for them. Uh, I would challenge you this. How many games did you watch this year? I watched I watched like five of the first ten, and then I watched zero after that. I haven't watched a game uh, in a long time. So I probably watched you know five of the first fifteen ish, and then I ended up watching. A, I've watched five of the last ten, you know, or so, or re- relatively. I've watched clips at least of most yeah. of them. They have the potential to be good next year. I think this guy really? Tanner Tanner Roke or whatever the fuck his name is okay. is, is like they have the pitching prospects that are maybe a year or two away. You bring Erod back, you bring Chris Sale back. You know, they have the they're going to be more competitive next year for sure. If JD can figure out what the hell happened to him, mm-hmm. but the Red Sox. Do you know who has the highest WAR in the MLB? Uh, well, that's my subject. Fine, hold on. <laughs> um, if Mookie Betts, who has the highest WAR at three point four, which is r- low, because the highest WAR last year was over nine, doesn't isn't that doesn't that continue to go up over it the continues, season? It, it so aggregates. Part so of it is the I short mean, third of a season. Three point four makes sense. Right. So he would be on pace. I mean, his yeah. numbers are not amazing to to my mind. He's hitting two ninety two with a three six six on base percentage. Uh, he has 16 home runs, so he's he's on pace for... And a lot of doubles. A lot of doubles. He's on pace for like 50 doubles and probably over 40 home runs for a full right. season. Um, does Mookie Betts make the Red Sox on the playoff bubble if he had stayed on the Red Sox? Hmm, that's a good question. Their, their, their problem... Their hitting hasn't been good this year, but their problem's been pitching. Uh, if Sale and Erod are still injured and they still have no bullpen, there's... Honestly, almost no amount of runs they could score that would have gotten them a winning record this year. So I think no. Um, that doesn't mean they wouldn't be better, and it doesn't mean it wouldn't have enticed me to maybe watch a game here or there. Right. Um, they would have been less hopeless uh, to have Mookie and that energy around. 
But Alex Verdugo has has played well though. He's hitting three fifteen. Um, and that Dalbeck dude is not hitting uh, with a high average, but he looks like he could he be somebody. Bombs. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think that it would have been a disappointing season, and the whole story, the whole season, would have been Mookie Betts's impending free agency. And I think that the where we're going to look in six months from now, where Mookie Betts is, is where he would have ended up no matter what. Because yeah. I think that the Red Sox were never going to give him the big contract. He may have wanted out of Boston. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and I also think uh, I think it's hard as any sports fan, but certainly as a fan of a team that you expect to be good, um, it's hard to go through rebuilding, but that's what this is. And we're going through a rebuilding phase and... We might be good enough to make an expanded playoffs next year. I'm have kind of made my peace with the idea that we will not make the playoffs next year either, and will not be a World Series contender for maybe two to three years. Like I, I'm and I made my peace with that, and I've seen a lot of winning in my lifetime for the Red Sox. So uh, if I've got to watch them slowly build back over the next couple of years, um, while also not being dickheads and ignoring. Uh, racial and social injustices as an organization, then I'm, I'll be excited to dive back into a, a winning team in two years or whatever it may be. I, I, I will say this. I think that Rafael Devers is one of the most exciting players in baseball from mm-hmm. his sheer... He's, he's like... He is like a left-handed um, Giancarlo Stanton in my mind. Just There's times mm-hmm. that he hits the ball so hard and he plays a more important position. Third base, I think, is more important than corner outfield. Sure. And he's spent more time on the field, and he's younger. I think Rafael Devers can become, if he can work on his defense a little bit, which has kind of slipped back his a little bit. His defense is fucking terrible. Right. I mean, he's 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 legitimately a first baseman or a DH. He's a four. He's a, he's a four out of five, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that, that uh, Rafael Devers, sometimes he hits the ball so hard, I didn't know people could hit a baseball that hard. Um. I have a bonus one for you here that we'll call 3.5, and we'll get through it really fast. Our producer's giving me dirty looks. Hit me with it. Um, a pitcher last week on, I forget his name, on the White Sox threw a ball 102 miles an hour, um, which hadn't been done in a long, long time. Really? I thought Jason DeGrom just did that, like does that with regularity and Chapman too. I think not, maybe, I don't know. I, I, it must be different measurements on, different, on speed because I just Pitchers Nation just posted a video of Jason DeGrom throwing 102 yesterday. Um, but anyway, I mean, point. do you think that at some point, do you think that an alteration based on this, I think that relief pitching is going to get to the point where every game, every team is going to have at least one guy that's like Devin Williams. Much like the steroid era, every, every team had a guy that hit at least 30 home runs. Okay. Um, do you think that there's going to be a fundamental change to baseball, or do you think that the guy that can throw 102 for one season, then his arms blown out, um, or his elbow, or whatever, you know, like he's one every year, somebody will come along that throws 102. Every team will have a guy that throws 99-ish miles an hour. The Red Sox have one. Right. Nathan Avaldi throws right. throws 99 100 every game. Um, at least a couple of pitches. Yeah. Um, do you think that Baseball is developing into like, there's going to be no more starters. There's going to be no more relievers. There's going to be no more closers. Pitching is going to become from a point of like, 
we have the right guy for the right situation hmm. every game, um, and we're going to play like sending guys up and down. So I think baseball doesn't want that, um, which is why they did the three, like have to face three batters, um, just because of the time it takes to switch pitchers. Baseball doesn't want that. Um, I think it's going to move in that direction, but only to an extent. I still think when Shane Bieber's up, they're going to throw him eight innings and they're going to pitch him as much as they can pitch him. If he can or go, if he can go eight, yeah, Dustin if, May. if your best guy can go eight, there's, there's always going to be a difference between your best guy and your middle reliever. And so when you have those guys, there is always reason not to go bullpen by committee. But I think more and more people are realizing the difference between trying to stretch my fourth starter to five innings versus putting sending him two and going by committee if I have a good bullpen by committee is advantageous. Um, right. So I think the move towards later in rotations, doing a lot of that by committee stuff makes sense and will continue. Like, yeah. At the end of the day, if it wins, it will continue, right? Right. If uh, if the store of guys who only last two years because they throw 102 miles an hour begins to run out, um, then people will start looking for junk ballers again. But as long as there is an unlimited number of young guys throwing 102 whose arms will blow out in two years, as long as those guys can keep being recycled, people will keep re- looking <laughs> right, for them. Right, we're looking to you, South <laughs> Southern California and Texas right. and Florida to produce these guys. Right. Um. Just want to throw this in there quickly as an aside. I would have done Mookie bets for Dustin May straight up. Huh. I think that the, the Dustin May is the kind of like you see his stuff on pitchers, pitching ninja, and you see the metrics. I think that that would have been a better trade. We'll see. Maybe Jeter Downs will be hitting 350. I'll eat these words later. But, uh, you know, I think that the Red Sox have a pitching need, a clear pitching need, and I don't know why they traded for middle infielders. Or, I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the need Jeter Downs to be the shortstop or the second baseman of the future. But moving right along, uh, I'd like to mention that we always go with this message. Fuck the Yankees. Fuck the Yankees, man. Luke Voigt, the first baseman for the fucking Yankees, has hit 22 home runs and 210 plate appearances, which would equate to about a six over 60-plus home run season. Do you think he was hit 60 home runs had this been a regular season? No, but I think he probably would have hit 50. Dude's got legit power. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, he's having actually a great season because his like average is not terrible. Yeah, he's yeah, like yeah, 280. He's hitting like 280. So, dude, he's a legit, a legit, like, great hitter. Um, and made, I don't think it's fake. Made for the Yankees. I don't made. think it's fake. Yeah, made for the Yankees. Um, and I don't, think it's, I don't think it's a fluke. Like, just he passes the eyeball test when you watch him. Um, I, again, I haven't watched much baseball this year, but in watching him last year, he always was someone that impressed me when he came to the plate and I think felt like a real threat. And I expect him to hit 40-something next year when we have a full season if he stays healthy. Like, yeah. Um, you know, we we hope that he has a not very painful career-ending fractured injury. ankle that ends his career or sends him to another team to have lots of success with the uh, Minnesota Twins or something. But, right, uh, yeah. Or a national hope team. for the best. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or even better, a national team. Yeah, yeah. But no, I think Luke Voigt is the real deal. I think that uh, this year, he's always done well in short stints. You know, if you look at his career, he did well. He first right. came to the Yankees and then kind of regressed, but then turned it on like in the second. Like he has small stretches. So I don't think he would have hit 60 home runs. I think if he had turned it on all season, he would have hit like 275 with like 52 home runs, which would have been mm-hmm. huge. And maybe the Yankees would have ended up catching the Rays. But, you know, 
Thank God for the short season. Yeah. My last topic, and this is one to bring me much delight, and I must consult the Oracle at Instagram here. Um, the Astros are 29 and 30. Um, Jose Altuve has hit 215. Yoli Grindal has hit 240. George Springer, 258. Alex Bregman, 240. Carlos Correa, 257. And Josh Ruddick, 238, compared to there. Oh, sorry. I was banging on the trash can. I didn't know what you were going to say next. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, I think that that the actual psychological burden uh, has hit the Astros harder. I mean, maybe that maybe there is a metric that they were hitting better because they knew what pitch was coming half the time. Doesn't hurt. Doesn't <laughs> can't hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I knew a slider was coming, it would make no difference. Yeah. But these guys are professional hitters. But I think that actually the psychological toll on them being the most hated franchise for like you know twenty minutes when the Yankees were not. Yeah. Uh, until they got their own sign ceiling accusations right. thrown against them. Um, but I think that. Oh, it's definitely real. I think it's real. I it's think- definitely real. And I think, uh, again, always being careful because I don't actually know these people. I just know the public persona that they put out there. But um, I don't feel that people like Jose Altuve are... There are people, the Russell Westbrooks to change sports, who like to be the villain, who like to be the big bad man, love the feel of the booing crowds and like it gives them energy and motivates them. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jose Altuve is that person. I think he wants to be loved, loved or ignored. I don't think he wants to be hated. Like, I don't know that he needs the spotlight, but I would guess that the hate mail gets to him a little bit. And the uh, knowing that someone's going to throw at him every two seconds and uh, that he could have a pitch behind his back any minute. I'm sure is in his head during a lot of at bets as much as he tries to have it not be. Right. And uh, so I would guess that the, you know, is a little bit, but uh, the um, actual uh, psychological toll is probably a big impact. That's better. Yeah. yeah it sounds more bit, like a trash can. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have anything metal near me. Fastball. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, I think too, like the psych, it, it maybe a psychological again, all these guys are getting older right they're all they're all getting older right so they're all skills may be diminishing are old though i mean yuli grindal is 36 um uh yeah yeah so old how old do you think jose altuve is Cause 28 i would guess that he was 34 he is 30 okay but um because he's been around a long time yeah bad astros teams when he came up so he got a lot of playing okay. time I would guess that it's the psychological toll, number one. Number two, it is just like they may have remorse. I think that the story will never mm. be that like, oh, they didn't hear the trash cans, therefore they weren't hitting. I think that, I mean, that somebody will push that narrative. But in my mind, it's just, it's a yeah. weird season to begin with. That whole Joe Kelly thing played psychological effects on them. I think like, you know, the yeah. way that like everyone in the sports world kind of rallied around Joe Kelly as the hero in that situation, which is... You know, yeah, right. Dude throws a hundred miles an hour. It's dangerous for him to be throwing yeah. behind people. And I, I'm not a huge Joe Kelly supporter or detractor. I think he's just he's like a neutron. You know, he's got <laughs> negative charge. Okay. Um, liked him on the Red Sox, but never really loved him on the Red Sox. Was sad to see him. Scroll. Liked him when he struck out three batters in a row. Didn't like him so much when he walked three batters in a row. It's I think all, gave him a home give run. and take. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but in my so. 
where I am is like, I think the Astros have a good franchise. I think that Dusty Baker will probably get let go. Um, mm-hmm. I think that they will, to, to like assuage guilt on the players, they'll blame management and Dusty Baker will probably be fired, though I think Dusty Baker is actually a good fit for them. Yeah. Um, and uh, we will see where they go from here. Michael Brantley is their best hitter this year. He's got he's hitting two ninety eight with a three six two uh, on base percentage. Well, he's a dude. He, Michael Brantley's the real deal. Yeah, he's also a free agent. I imagine they'll bring him back. Um, yeah. George Springer is the only player on their team with above ten home runs. He has fourteen wow. home runs. That's big. Um, um, I mean, so baseball, I think, in some ways more than others other sports because there's so much time in between pitches in between at bats is so much more psychological. Basketball moves so fast that you need to be psychologically strong and mentally strong, but like instincts can take over at a, at a point because the game's moving so fast, your blood is pumping so quick. You have a lot of time to stand in the on-deck circle and think about your approach and think about what's going to happen and consider what the pitcher might throw and in the different counts, think about it and look around the crowd. There's no crowd right now, but like, you know, to have all these thoughts the running through your head. Right. I remember my high school coach uh, told me once, one time I was like singing before I came up to bat, like in the on-deck circle, like to myself. And I then got a hit and he noticed and told me to like start singing a song in my head anytime I was up. And it was weirdly effective. That doesn't, you're not going to make right. more. You still three, hit 250. Right, right, right. <laughs> you're not going to make more three pointers by singing in your head. It's you know, but I think baseball, the point I'm making is baseball, I think is so heavily psychological that it, it would be a mistake to un to discount the amount that players mental states, especially in a short, short season where you struggle to motivate yourself. How are you going to motivate yourself to be a villain in a 60 game season that has an asterisk on it? And you're hoping to just get it over with and try again next year when people maybe forgot about you. And there's all these things in play when, all these hitters are in the on deck circle. They're standing there, like, man, let me just go home. What what it's, inning is it? It might Fuck. be, it might be <laughs> games are seven innings now in double head. Yeah. Like, there's lots of things. Also, Justin Verlander only had one start the whole season. So did he hear? He, yeah, he's guy yeah, has Tommy John. Um, Tommy so, John at 57 years old. Yeah, right? he had like 90. Yeah, um, but. I think that uh, this baseball season has been weird from my perspective. It's been hard to be really engaged in it. Part of that is the Red Sox being so bad, but also just like games being canceled because of COVID. You start to question whether or not it's the right thing. I think it's the wrong thing to have people in person at games in yeah. the LCS and the uh, is that happening? World Series. Yes, there'll be limited people uh. in person and they'll be doing a bubble thing hmm. in San Diego and in Texas at Little Rangers new, uh, you know, yeah, well, I only have space in my heart for one sport at a time. I've said this to you before. And, and right so, now it's hockey. Right, right. Right. <laughs> right now it's basketball. Um, so when the Celtics most likely lose tonight um, and are eliminated, then I'll be able to start watching uh, right. MLB playoffs. <laughs> I'll be able to have all the mental space for the Red Sox. And the Red the Sox season, will season will is over. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, my name is Andrew. And I'm Evan. And uh, we'll be back with you soon. Um Definitely trying to t- keep our podcast. And who you got in the finals? Uh, the NBA finals. I, I mean, the Lakers have already made it. And uh, but who do you have winning? Winning it all. Come oh, on. the Lakers. The Lakers will win it all. All right, and roll that outro again one more time, Teresa. Hit it. Hit it.
Adios. You have the Lakers? Okay. Yeah, All Lakers, right. Lakers. Uh, Don't forget so to fun. vote and vote often and vote, uh, vote Democrat. <laughs> Progressive Democrat.